All right, everyone, here's another episode of the Crowded Booth Zoom version. Thanks to Zoom and all that they do. I know they're making our lives a lot easier, and they're making the lives a lot easier of the guy uh, sitting across from me, just on this call, but not in person. Kevin, how you doing today? I'm doing great. I'm, uh, I'm trying to find ways to keep busy, you know? I, my, my front yard has never looked better. Uh, I'm out there catching the leaves and the sticks when they come off the trees, you know, because I've got nothing else to do. Uh, no, all kidding aside, it's it's good. We're 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 hunkered down here. We're uh, enjoying some some bonus time with the family we didn't expect to have when I left for spring training a little over two months ago. So uh, it's been good. You know, my, I think my wife is still tolerating me to this point. Now, if this goes on much longer, we'll we'll see how it goes. I have done the dishes, I've done the laundry, and I vacuumed the house today. So hopefully that'll keep me out of trouble at least for today. I've talked to a lot of people. The honey-do list has a little, been a little bit longer. And, but, hey, you're not going to be able to knock some of that stuff out. So I know that's good as well. <laughs> yeah, for sure. Yeah, and, look, if I don't do it, then I'm in trouble. Now, the problem I have is, okay, so I put the laundry in the washer, and then I put it in the dryer. To me, that's the laundry is done. Yeah, yeah. But in her eyes, the laundry is done when it's taken upstairs and put away. Folded, um, put away, yeah, everything. I've got a ways to go until I get to that point in my life. But, you know, hey, it's done. The vacuuming's done, the yard work's done, so now we're just going to hang out and enjoy a little wiffle ball outside with the little man for a while. I know, the weather's been fantastic. That's one thing I've been able to, uh, I want to say, work on my runs a little bit. I've been able to go on some runs, so that's nice. The weather's been beautiful, especially down here in the southeast. But uh, we, you and I were talking right before we went on here. It's the, the past month, it's almost been now, it's been a whirlwind. We were mm-hmm. getting ready for March Madness. I know you're, you're a college hoops guy. Um, you have, you know, March Madness about here. It's one of those cool times in sports where March Madness bleeding into the baseball season. If you're an NBA person, the finals and the playoffs push is coming, and it's over. So how how have you done with – what have you been doing sports-wise? I mean, I know ML, the MLB has been putting on this, like, MLB the show turn, which has been pretty <laughs> cool to see. Uh, but but what, where have you gotten your sports fix from? You know, fortunately, they've got us working at night. Uh, myself, uh, Ben Ingram, and Jonathan Chadwick are doing a show – called Guys Night Out, which is ironic because none of us are out. We're all in. Uh, but we've had fun with that. And, um, you know, we were uh, asked to try to get some, some guests on. And I said, well, look, if we're going to get guests on, let's, let's go to the top. So, you know, we've been fortunate um, to, you know, have a lot of great relationships over the years. We've had Chipper Jones and Tom Gladden and Dale Murphy. And, I mean, the list goes on and on. And I'm going to leave people out and someone's going to see this and get mad that I didn't mention that we had them on. Uh, you know, we've got Tim Hudson tonight. Uh, we're going to work on some of the current Braves players for next week. So that's kind of given us our fill of, of talking sports. Um, Tiger King has been good uh, to us as well. You know, we've, we've not only just stuck to baseball and sports, but we've also uh, analyzed every episode and gone over every conspiracy theory uh, involved with Tiger King. So um, that's been fun, kind of getting our sports fill there. And then, you know, I've got an almost five-year-old who all he wants to do is play baseball and basketball when we go outside every day. So uh, I'm outside about, you know, 10, 30, 11 in the morning. We try to get some schoolwork done, but that's easier said than done. Uh, but our gym class, we have excelled at our gym class. We're getting a lot of PE time out of it. So, uh, so that's been good. Um, just like I said, just spending more time with the family, uh, really trying to turn what's a, a big negative into a positive for us. I mean, you know, I, I go to Orlando, not Orlando, I go to Northport. Uh, there we go. I got to put a dollar in the swear jar. You know, you go to spring training every year. And, you know, you don't expect to have two days off in a row until July at the All-Star break. So um, the first couple of weeks were weird. I think I'm starting to get used to it now. Uh, but, again, just, you know, counting our blessings that we, we're, all ha- we're all healthy. 
Uh, we're all in good shape. And again, we're all enjoying some extra time. I joked with my wife. I said, you know, we're going to have all these weekends available now. She goes, yeah, to do nothing. So we've been sitting out in the driveway and I bring a cooler out there on a Saturday and drink beer and say hi to the neighbors when they go on their walks and, you know, stuff like that. So, um, you know, it's just, we're, we're trying to make the best of it. You know, I know there's, uh, there's people that are in much worse situations than we are. So uh, we, we keep telling ourselves that it could be a lot worse than how we have. Yeah. There's a lot of people that are a, a lot worse. And you talk about some of those jobs in sports, you know, across, and from my perspective, at the, in the minor league level, there's a lot of teams that have had to have, whether it's a furlough or a layoff. Mm-hmm. So to be able to still be working in some capacity is definitely a blessing. I talked with Ben about this and I meant to ask him this question. You mentioned Tiger King though. <laughs> Did Carol Baskin, kill her husband and feed him to the tigers. I got to know. Well, what's your take? Have you seen, have you seen the whole, I'm guessing you've seen everything. Oh, I've seen all seven. And then I saw the eighth episode last Sunday, okay. which I was kind of disappointed in. Um, you know, it is interesting now, all these conspiracy theories that are coming out. Um, have you seen the one that, that, that is saying that Jeff Lowe is Carol's first yeah. husband? And that's why you never, I mean, there's all kinds of stuff out there. Um, I do find it interesting that um, there is a, an investigation being reopened because of the popularity of the show. So um, that tells you somebody somewhere thinks that there's a little uh, more than, than maybe meets the eye with this whole thing. Uh, I, I don't want to say she did, but I'm not ready to dismiss it yet either and say that uh, she's innocent. Uh, I think it's weird every time they ask her about it and she kind of laughs it off. And I'm like, even my wife's like kind of creepy how she's like just playing this off like it's nothing. So I'm not going to say she did it, but I'm not ready to let her walk free either. <laughs> I know it's it's crazy how that show captivated for about two weeks and still yeah. going on the entire country. I mean, it's it's all over social media and in today's day of social media, you have conspiracy theories everywhere. Sure. Another theory that is in more line with your field as well is what if we do have a baseball season in 2020? What's that going to look like? I talked about this with Ben last week. How feasible is this plan that seems to be gaining some traction? Some of the health officials we're hearing maybe are going to say this would be the most likely of this. And for your sake, the Braves be playing down in Northport. You kind of have this grapefruit versus cactus league action until who knows when. How feasible is this to you as a person who you hang out in spring training for a good month, two months? I think it's a lot more feasible than the Arizona plan. The Arizona plan, I looked at that. I started reading the story and I'm thinking there's just, there's no way. And I don't see how this is even being considered as a possibility. Um, but realigning, you know, having no American League and National League this year, I think it's kind of cool. You know, look, there's Philly and New York hate each other, right? You have the Phillies and the Yankees in the same division. That'd be cool. That'd be fun. Um, you know, as far as travel is concerned, obviously you'd be minimizing it. Uh, you wouldn't really have to be having these guys jump on planes and fly across the country. I mean, the longest trip you'd have for the Braves would be about an hour south down to Fort Myers. And you have two teams there in the Red Sox and the Twins. Um, the Rays are 25 minutes down the road in Fort Charlotte. Uh, who am I forgetting? The Orioles are right up the road in Sarasota. Um, so for me, if you're talking about, you know, what's more feasible, I think that is a much more realistic plan. Um, you have the teams in the Tampa area, you have the teams in Southwest Florida, and then the teams on the East Coast. Um, you have all those, uh, you know, the Nationals and the Astros and the, the Cardinals and the Marlins and the Mets. Um, so, you know, I think it's, I think it's feasible. I really do. Um, I, I just wonder, you know, is it still going to have to be on the basis of being under quarantine? Mm-hmm. Is testing regularly going to be required? Um, are players going to be allowed to have their families there? Well, that's, that's a big commitment. If you're asking guys to go away from their families for four months, maybe longer. Um, you know, I, I know the young guys that 
aren't married and don't have kids, no big deal. They'll be there tomorrow. Um, selfishly for myself, you know, my wife and I have a baby coming in October. I can't imagine, you know, asking her to go through it. And you've heard some players say that. Zach Wheeler from the Phillies said it. Um, you know, uh, you, you've heard uh, Mike Trout come out and say, I've got a baby coming in August. I, I can't be away from my wife. So, you know, what we have kept talking about on our show is keep throwing ideas out there. Throw as many ideas out there as you can. Uh, maybe ultimately you start picking a couple from the Arizona that make sense. A couple from the Florida, Arizona that makes sense. And then maybe there's another option we haven't even thought about yet um, that will come up. Um, I like the fact that both sides are exchanging ideas. I don't think there's a perfect scenario just yet. Um, could they get there? Sure, absolutely. But of everything that we've heard about getting the season started, Arizona and Florida makes the most sense to me. You're minimizing travel. Um, you're creating some new rivalries. Heck, you'd have the Braves and the Red Sox in the same division. It'd be pretty cool. Um, you know, again, you, you'd be creating these new rivalries, I think. And I think it'd be kind of cool 40, 50 years from now to look back on baseball reference and say, 2020, you had the Grapefruit League and the, and the Cactus League. What, what? Oh, yeah, that's what happened. Um, I've also said if this does happen, I've never done it before, but I'm going to keep a journal of every single thing we see and yeah. do. Um, because to tell my grandkids we experienced this and, and potentially were a part of it, um, something very historic, I think it'd be really neat to, to experience. So, again, I don't think there's a perfect solution yet. Could they get there? Absolutely. But I think it's going to take some more time. Yeah, it's, I think I like what you said, throwing every idea. Let's see which one sticks. I mean, Absolutely. what's what's the harm? There's kind of this uh... – it's weird. It's April 17th. You should be getting ready for a game tonight. Yeah. Myself should be getting ready for the uh, Barons' first uh, road stand. I mean, it's, it's a weird kind of feeling to not have sports, an eerie feeling. You talked about um, – but what you were just talking about, any kind of plan works. This is just not normal. This, can be, this season's going to have an asterisk next to it no matter what happens. And when we look back on this 10, 15, 20 years from now, when you've retired from your, from your career, what is one thing you think you're going to remember from early on in spring training, you go back to early March, and it's kind of starting to leak out. Maybe basketball is going to cancel. What were your thoughts in the beginning of this? Did you ever see it where and you'd be sitting April 17th, you'd be at home with the family? What, what was that like? Well, first off, I got a bone to pick. So you're saying if I retire in 20 years, are you calling me that old? I'm no, not no, no, no. <laughs> no, 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 there you go. <laughs> and I do have a birthday coming up. Uh, I, as my wife reminds me, my kid's five years older, which means you're five older than you were uh, when he was born. But um, no, in, in all seriousness, um, I think the thing that will stand out most about everything to this point, and again, there could be a whole lot more that comes out of this down the road, um, is how fast things happen. Um, that final week we were at spring training, it was Monday night, we're playing the Red Sox. My neighbor, Dave, two doors down, was there with a couple of his buddies. They are huge Red Sox and huge baseball fans. And they said, hey, Let's come see your new ballpark. Let's make a, a guy's weekend out of it, and we'll come down. Uh, so they came to three games in Northport, saw the Red Sox twice. Uh, but in the middle of that game, it was probably the fourth or fifth inning, and a tweet comes out. Uh, Major League Baseball is closing clubhouses to the media, hmm. uh, similar to what the NHL had already done. Uh, we had the game that night. We had to stand eight feet, ten feet away from Snit after the game, which felt really weird. Um, we had a couple of games Tuesday and Wednesday at home. And then we were on the road on Thursday uh, in Lakeland, taking on the Tigers. And I remember the conversation, and it's, it's like it happened yesterday. Uh, I rode up to Lakeland with Ben uh, because he was calling the game, and I was driving separate from our crew because I had tickets to see my Flyers play the Lightning that night in Tampa. 
And at the time, the game was still on. We didn't know, are they going to play or are they not going to play? So I bought tickets, and I had tickets to the game, and I was going to shoot through Tampa on my way back to Northport uh, and see the Flyers that night. Um, but as the game went on, you know, the, it was really a strange sight because it was probably 10 minutes before the game, and there was a lot of folks kind of looking around like, are they actually going to play this game? Is, is, is it going to get canceled? Is it going to be like the NBA where they're going to tell people to go home? And I remember seeing the home plate umpire go to both dugouts right before the game started. And I said, I wonder if he's telling them, we're not going to start. This yeah. is over. Um, ultimately, we found out that uh, about the fourth or fifth inning is when it was announced that Major League Baseball was shutting down effective 4 p.m. Um, so I remember I'm sitting there next to, to Jared from Braves Media Relations, and I said, Jared, I'm going to go watch the last inning in the stands because I don't know when we're going to see baseball again. Yeah. Um, so I went down into the crowd, and I just grabbed a seat right near the Braves dugout, and a couple of Braves fans are sitting there, and they had just gotten down there that day to start their spring training trip from Atlanta. And they, they recognized me, and we start talking, and I said, I don't know what's going to happen. I don't, know, I don't know what's next. Uh, the interesting thing about this was, though, the players, Smith, the coaches, they had no idea that spring training was ending at 4 p.m. until immediately after the game, they make an announcement at Joker Marching Stadium, spring training shutting down, please visit our website for all the info, we'll, we'll keep you posted. Um, I talked to Smith two minutes later. So it was like his instant first yeah. reaction to, what are your thoughts? I mean, how, you know, how fast it happened for him. Um, so we had the game, we go back to Northport. Um, obviously, I'm doing a lot of interviews. Uh, stations are calling to have us on to talk about what's next. So let's go back, go ahead to Friday morning. Uh, Alex Anthopoulos holds a, a, a conference call with the media and kind of gives an update on where things stand. This is 11 a.m. Friday morning. Um, so he says, look, we're going to shut the complex down Saturday, Sunday. We're going to do a deep clean. We're going to uh, hopefully reconvene on Monday morning. That's 11 a.m. Okay, so I've got a free Friday in, in Florida. I'm going to the beach. I go to Venice Beach. Uh, I'm on the beach. At about 3 o'clock, I start getting some texts from some guys saying, this might not restart at all. And by five o'clock, I'm getting off a call with my boss who's saying, you can go home tomorrow. This is over. Wow. Um, and I'm packing my car. So think about that from, let's say, eight o'clock Monday to 11 a.m. Friday and then 5 p.m. Friday is how fast this all just shut down. Um, I didn't even tell my family I was coming home. I surprised them. I was trying to be a, a good dad and a husband. I came pulling up and they had no idea I was coming home. So uh, you know, it just happened so fast that it made your head spin. Um, so that's, I think, the one thing that we'll, we'll remember the most, at least for the beginning of this, is that um, it shut down in a hurry, and, and nobody knew what was next, and our heads were spinning. Um, so that's, that's probably what, what I remember the most, at least right now, and I'm sure we'll have a lot more memories as this thing goes forward. Hope, hopefully they're good memories of seeing guys back on a baseball field here soon. You talk about some of the guys in the baseball field and uh... – you know, there were some guys that were fighting for some positions. There were, there were some position battles on this team. Who were some guys to you that, let's just say, chalk everything out, throw coronavirus out, we start March 26th, everything goes as planned. Who were some guys that you felt like had the potential to break out? We know Freddie Freeman was going to come back healthy. That's great. Acuna's going to do what he's going to do. But who were some guys, in your opinion, that you saw good, great things in spring and said, hey, they may make some noise, put themselves on the radar? Well, Riley and Camargo were, were probably the two, two, two best surprises or biggest stories of the spring. Um, those guys were outstanding. As a matter of fact, we find out down the road that both were likely going to make the opening day roster because the uh, minor league seasons weren't going to start for another what, 10, 12 days. Um, so those guys were outstanding for different reasons. We know, uh, we know Riley can hit the ball a country mile. You know, that, that's, a, that's obviously a no-brainer. 
but his swing and miss was down. I mean, he was putting the ball in play. Um, Camargo, obviously versatile, uh, great defender, has a lot of range, um, and, and was swinging the bat well. If you look at their numbers side by side from spring, they're eerily similar. I mean, just crazy how good they were. Um, I think they pushed each other. I think they were, you know, motivated by each other. I think they genuinely wanted each other to succeed. So for me, obviously that was one of the biggest storylines. Um, as far as pitching goes, Kyle Wright made significant strides from where he was last year. Um, I was really excited. As a matter of fact, he started that final game in Lakeland. Mm-hmm. And I remember asking him at the time, spring training was still on. I said, we don't know what's going to happen, but if this is your last start for a while, are you pretty happy with what you accomplished? And he couldn't have been more thrilled by, by what he did. Um, same thing with Felix Hernandez. Um, the Braves signed him. I didn't really think a whole lot of it, to be honest with you. I thought, now this is just a, one of those, you got nothing to lose, bring him in, see what he's got. Obviously, the last two years, he's been a shell of his former self. He was outstanding. His stuff looked great. Um, you know, the ability to pitch for a contender, possibly. And, you know, if he makes the team, and there's still a chance he does, he gets a million bucks. Think about that. If he starts 10 games, 100 grand a start. Even if he only starts 10 games for it, I mean, you want to talk about the steal of the offseason anywhere in the game, it's going to be Felix Hernandez. Um, so he looked really, really good. Um, I like what we saw from a reliever who uh, didn't pop up on much people's radar, but Matzik, uh, a guy who had battled the yips and, uh, you know, had to try to work his way back to, to being a big leaguer. Um, I think if the season would have started on time, he would have probably made the, the, uh, the bullpen uh, as the Braves looked for another lefty. Um, and then some of the young guys. I, I, I really like what we saw uh, from, from Shea Langoliers, young catcher who was just drafted last year. Uh, Bryce Ball, who is 6'6", and I'm going to play the over. I mean, that guy's about eight feet tall. Um, he looks – I remember walking in the, the, the clubhouse one of the first days, and I was like, who is this guy? Like, I'm towering <laughs> above everybody. Uh, Braden Shoemake, another uh, young infielder uh, they drafted last year. Um, I enjoyed watching all those young guys. So um, there was a lot of standouts. And, uh, you know, Ozuna did not have a good spring. Acuna, was, was, his numbers were terrible. Mm-hmm. I don't think anybody's pushing the panic button on any, any of those guys. And if anything, a pushback season, I think, helps the Braves because now there's a chance that Cole Hamels is ready to go on opening day. Uh, and that gives you a huge lift to your rotation. So um, there were a lot of standouts. Um, I would have liked to see one more start from Kyle Wright. He looked really, really good. Tuki Toussaint as well, uh, pitching out of the windup, uh, more over-the-top delivery. I think he was getting some more uh, more life on his breaking ball. Um, so we could go on and on about all these guys that stood out. Yeah. But it, was, it was a good camp. Uh, for the most part, it was a healthy camp. Um, and, you know, I, I can't wait to see these guys back on the field again because there's a lot of great storylines for this team. Well, you've seen a lot of great storylines from your time with the Phillies. I know you're, you're a Philly guy. And, you, and then you got the chance to, uh, to work for that hometown team. That was a really cool aspect. And now you're, you've been in Atlanta for a while. What's a moment for you that sticks out in your career where you're just kind of like, wow, I'm really doing what I love? And I know that's probably putting you on the spot. But yeah. What's one of those moments that you were just like, man, this is, this is what I wanted to do? Well, I, you know, I'll give you one from each. I'll give you one from Philly and one from Atlanta. I, I could probably do – we could do a whole show on memories <laughs> from, from covering this team since 2012. Um, the one that I will never forget – uh, in Philly is covering Roy Halladay's playoff no-hitter. Mm. Um, it was the same year he had thrown the perfect game. Um, I tell people this all the time. I swear there were nights that Roy Halladay was so good, and he knew it, just warming up in the bullpen. He would screw around and put a guy on third with nobody out just to get out of a jam, just to challenge himself. Um, and he didn't have to do that very much, believe me. Um, but, you know, he had already thrown the, the, um, the perfect game in Miami earlier that year on Memorial Day weekend. Um, I was at the Jersey Shore with my now wife 
and this is a, a funny aside to that whole story, uh, the Flyers were in the playoffs. Might have been the Stanley Cup Finals, if I'm not mistaken. Might have been game one of the finals. And we're at this sports bar. And I wasn't traveling covering the Phillies. I was just doing home games. And I'm following the game on my phone. Oh, they're playing the Marlins. Oh, they're up one nothing. Oh, cool. Uh, check back on it later. Well, it's like the seventh inning, and I look down. Roy Halladay's got a no-hitter going. And I scroll, and I'm like, Roy Halladay's got a perfect game going. So I go tell the bartender, they're going to the top of the ninth inning. I said, you got to put the Phillies game on. He's like, you're, you're out of your mind. Like, everybody here is wearing Flyers gear. I'm like, dude, Halladay's got a perfect game going in the ninth. He's like, I, I can't change it. I said, give me the remote. And I literally walked to this crowded Jersey Shore bar, and I'm going up behind it. I'm changing the channel to put the Phillies on. And all these people are so pissed off at me. They're yelling. They're cursing at me. And I'm like, just give me a sec. And it comes back from break, and it shows Roy Halladay perfect game going to the ninth inning. Um, so everybody was my best friend then, and it goes on all the TVs, and we all watched it, and, and we all uh, were, were ecstatic about it. But I remember saying to a guy, uh, the playoff game against the Reds, Roy Halladay's first playoff game, he walked a batter in like the third or fourth inning. And I said, you know what's going to suck? When that's the only blemish between him and another perfect game this year. And he did it. He threw the no-hitter. And there's actually footage of Halliday coming up the tunnel to go into the clubhouse where his whole team is waiting. And I'm literally standing there right next to the door watching him walk by. I see it on MLB Network all the time. And I just laugh. I'm like, man, I was, I was so young and I wasn't balding and I was <laughs> such a young pup. And it was my first year covering the big leagues. And there I am. I'm standing there and watching one of the best pitchers of our generation throw a, throw a no-hitter um, in the playoffs, which was just incredible. Uh, as far as, you know, time here in Atlanta, um, I got very lucky. You know, I overlapped with Chipper for his final year. Yeah. Um, so 2012 was just one of those years. I mean, everywhere we went, Chipper was treated like royalty. He was getting presents. He's getting a surfboard from Trevor Hoffman. He's getting a year's supply of barbecue in Houston. I mean, everywhere we went, he got something cool. Um, so being along for that ride, but there's one game in particular – um, from that year, uh, the Braves were playing the Nationals, and this was at Nationals Park, and they were down 9 nothing after the sixth inning to Steven Strasburg. And they scored three or four runs in the sixth, and they scored a few more in the seventh. Next thing you know, they tie it up, and they take the lead on a Michael Bourne triple. So they have the lead. Kimbrell comes in and blows the save. He gives up a home run to tie the game. Braves go on and win the game, I think, in the 11th inning. And it's just one of those games where it's like, man, I mean, all the stories were written. All the writers in the press box had Strasburg and the Nationals cruise to a victory. And then here you go. The Braves chip away and chip away. Um, it just showed the character and, and the makeup and the mentality of that team. And it's just one of those games I'll just, I'll just never forget. Um, so, again, being around Chip for, for his final year was really, really cool. I don't know if one thing had to do with another. I don't know if I introduced myself to him day one of spring training, and that's when he decided – I'm not doing this anymore. I don't want to be around this jerk beyond this year. <laughs> then he had the press conference after meeting Kevin. Yeah, like, I was like, no, we can't. Let's, let's just get this out of the way now. I'm done. I'm out. I've seen enough. Uh, but no, I mean, it's, you know, it's, when you play 162 games, man, it's uh, a year for, for eight years. I mean, I've been fortunate to see a lot of great moments, some not so great moments. Yeah. Uh, I think last year being in the playoffs, uh, being in the dugout, we were doing some like in-game reporting on the radio side. And I got a chance to do that sitting in the camera well next to the dugout, um, which was really, really cool. Um, that's something I'll never forget doing that either. So, uh, like I said, I could go on and on and I could bore you to death about all my uh, stories of stuff over the years. But um, it's been great. It's been a great run. And I think those are the moments when, when we don't have sports is when you're thinking, man, like, I really miss this. Or I really miss walking in the clubhouse and going over to Freddie Freeman and asking how his kid's doing. Or, you know, talking to Charlie Culberson about our kids or, 
you know, whatever it might be at the time. So I think when you start going down that lane is when you really start remembering like how much you actually miss all of that, you know? Well, you said it before, hopefully in 2020 in some capacity, we can make some more memories. I know that uh, right now we're hoping we're praying, uh, but the most important thing is stay safe. Please mm-hmm. stay home, do what you got to do to, to, to fight this. And, and hopefully we can hope that it can be over uh, somewhat soon. But Ken, we appreciate you coming on, man, trying to spread some positivity during, during a time where if you turn on the TV, it's, it's not there. So we're trying to, trying to get people something to uh, smile about. We appreciate it. And also, like you said, congratulations, baby girl. I know y'all are excited. The video of Max, he is, that is hysterical. Is he more excited now or how, how, how's he feeling? Yeah, no, he's excited. You know, it's funny when we, when we told him, uh, we bought him a t-shirt that said promoted to big brother. And he said, Max, we got a special present to give you. And I don't know, a lot of folks probably haven't seen this video, but uh, he opens the bag and he's like, you always get me t-shirts. And I'm like, well, why don't we, why don't we look to see what the t-shirts said? <laughs> and we read it to him and he still didn't understand. So we showed him the ultrasound picture and he still didn't, he's like, is that a baby? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, whose baby is it? We're like, well, it's, it's going to be our baby. And Melissa, my wife, screams in excitement, like, we're going to have a baby. And it scared him. So he starts crying and he's screaming and he's freaked out. So it took him like 20 to 30 minutes to actually process it. Uh, but now we've gotten some more ultrasound photos. And uh, my wife got one of those little Doppler things. You can actually hear the heartbeat, baby's heartbeat, wow. which is really, really cool. So he is pumped. Uh, he's very excited. He told us all along. He doesn't care, boy or girl. He's happy with whatever. Um, you know, I, I thought it was going to be a boy. And I had a 50-50 shot. And I was wrong. You know, story of my life. Um, <laughs> but no, we're excited, man. We did the little reveal the other day. He he knocked it off the tee. I was going to pitch it to him, but I'm thinking he swings and misses and then it hits the ground. There goes your surprise. So um, we did one off the tee and then we bought a second one that I pitched to him and he hit that one too. I wanted to confirm that both were pink. You know, That's one wasn't good. blue and pink and now someone's really messing with us. So um, thanks to my neighbor, Dave, who ordered those. He was the only person who knew. We didn't even wow. know. That's how we found out as well. So um, we're excited. Baby girl coming in October. So uh, we'll, we'll be the uh, typical American family, you know, one boy, one girl. Now we got to get a dog and then there you we'll, be go. we'll be ready yeah, to go. You'll have the American dream, the white picket <laughs> fence, everything to go along with it. Yeah. Hey, yeah. And, and Max's eyes, he just added a new, uh, new member to the whip ball team. So that's, yeah. he, that's all, that's what he's seen. So I know he's excited as well. Yep. We appreciate it. Thanks for coming on and uh, best of luck to you. Listen, hope we have a season, but stay safe. You too, Bryce. Thanks, man. Appreciate it.